Creative Conversations with Dion White. I am Dion White and I am your host. Today I'm going to be talking with Sarah Sander. Sarah is a freshman at Georgia State College. She is majoring in art and minoring in art therapy. Today we talk a little bit about art in everyday life, the importance of music and visual art as therapy, as well as process and critique. Let's welcome Sarah to the show. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Mrs. D. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I wanted to thank you for uh, agreeing to be a guest on the podcast this month. Thank you for inviting me. This is a great opportunity. Well, I appreciate um, hearing from younger voices, especially artists. And I know young people don't always get the opportunity to speak or get platformed. So that is what I'm doing in the month of August is basically I am featuring young emerging artists and um, I wanted to talk to you because I know you are on that path. So would you tell the listeners who you are and where maybe where you're located, where you're going to school and a little bit about yourself? My name is Sarah Sander. Um, I just finished high school and I'm about to start my first semester of college at Georgia College and State University. Um, That is located in Milledgeville, Georgia. And I'm going to be an art major there. Okay, awesome. Sarah, I have watched you um, a little bit over the years progress in your creative gift. And I think it's fabulous that you're going to school for it. And not only are you going to be an art major, but and you have visual skills, but you also have other skills as far as music and composing too, which I'd like to talk about down the road here. Yeah, that's cool. So what um, what is it that you love to do the most as far as as being an artist? Um, For some reason with my art, I like to do portraits usually. And I think that's just because I really enjoy people and I love how different people are. And I just like to express um, different views and different types of people and I just think portraitures are a way to connect with others I think yeah that's usually what I yeah yeah I would agree do you do digital art as well as you know physical hand art yes I started out my art with a sketchbook and a pencil just doing freehand and then later I learned that you could use other mediums such as the computer and so I kind of have ventured into digital art. Well, it's so. given us so much opportunity, the digital and technology age we're in to create things, especially for online, you know, like when you're showing your work online or you're creating graphics um, or different type of files that have to be used for whether it's even advertisement or something the digital art is just such a nice thing to have. Um, I've just played around a little bit like with Adobe Illustrator and I love that. And it's just amazing how you can do so much like on different tools like um, Procreate and even with uh, Photoshop, just all different kinds of digital options out there. So, but you have a natural gift to draw first. And so I think that's 
what I started seeing early on was if correct me if I'm wrong, but is it called anime? Yeah. Uh, so there's a Japanese art style where people draw these comics and they're called manga. That's it. however <laughs> sometimes if they get if they get popular they become an anime. So that's the animated style. That's the digital aspect of it. Where manga is the hand drawn form. I'm showing my uh, uneducated side of that and my age. <laughs> <laughs> with both of that but um it's really popular and you're not the only one that i know uh personally that has children that does it i have another girlfriend who her daughter does the same and my daughter is um you know she's kind of dabbled in that too and the big eyes and just the bigger expressions that they use for the facial features and so um yeah so i saw that you did that do you paint as well or do anything else visually um Yes, I got exposure to more of a painting style while I was taking art in high school. I hadn't really played around with that before, but um, my freshman year, I started learning some painting techniques. And so I kind of started to dabble in that and play around with that. And I do like painting as a medium because there's so much more you can do with it. You can experiment with brush strokes and different kind of colors. And it's just a really cool way to create art yeah and it's nice to learn different mediums and then you can create mixed medium <laughs> you know mixed media uh basically um is like what i do i often mix um, watercolor with ink or um you know acrylic with a, a collage or a decoupage type of thing and so there's so many different things that you can do and it's just the beginning it's ever evolving you know and i'm still learning i'm i'm just dabbling in oils and it's it's just something that i feel like as an artist we have endless opportunities to learn mediums you know and use different tools even in those various things because um, I know that I know some amazing people who use colored pencils and they can blend and make it look like airbrush, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so there's so much to learn and that's really great that, um, so have you worked with acrylic? Cause usually in high school, they teach you an acrylic or watercolor. So in my art class, we had like different projects and each project was designed to teach us a new technique. And so I kind of got um, some exposure color and acrylic. So um, we didn't really use oils at all. Yeah. Um, but we definitely did go with acrylics and watercolors. And sometimes we would mix them both together to do a project. Mm -hmm. And did you collaborate with others as well on any of those projects? Um. Or in a way, individual projects? Most of them were individual. However, I did have one of my best friends in that class, and we would always bounce ideas off of each other. Awesome. So in a way, in a way that was kind of our collaboration. Yeah, well, that's really important. And it's something I even do as more of an experienced artist. I brainstorm with other artists all the time. And whether it's a, something that I've come to a place where like I'm stuck you know, hey, I can't move yeah. past this. What do you guys see in this? Or I'm thinking about this series and how could I create that? And just kind of bouncing ideas off of other people and even not being afraid to say, hey, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Can you help me? So I think collaboration is um, 
you know, is important because I think, you know, more minds that could be bad or good, (laughs) but but sometimes, you know, it's usually good if you get somebody who um, thinks the same or has other creative ideas. But the thing I was going to say about collaboration is, is I think it's unique if artists can step outside of themselves and their studio area, their space and time of creating to collaborate because um, we're known as kind of to be loners. You know, we kind of get in our own little space and we do our thing and we draw or we paint or sketch or sculpt, write music, play music, whatever. And that's kind of our, our place where we're cultivating ourselves and our gifts. And it's hard, I think, for an artist sometimes, and maybe you don't see this being younger, but being older, I see it's hard for an artist to, one, ask for help, and two, to receive help or critique. Would you say it's about the same, like, for your age group or different? I know being in school, it was easier to access um, help out and who could give us critiques especially in a classroom setting, my teacher had weekly critiques. So we always got that. We got that chance to hear other people's opinions about our work. Um, but I know moving forward past college, cause I'm gonna be in a classroom setting again, even when I do art alone at home, it's sometimes difficult for me to be able to share art with other artists and to hear their opinions because I just don't have them around me constantly. Right. I, um, I understand that. I'm, I really do. Because somebody can say, uh, oh, that's nice or that's pretty. But you know, truly, as an artist, to grow, we need to have um, constructive criticism, you know, kind of thing. Yes. You know, because I don't want to just somebody to say, well, that's really pretty. You know, I want to know why it's pretty, you know, or what is it? What what is it about it you like that? I can say, okay, hey, I'll do that again or I won't do that again kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think, like you said, it's important to learn all different types of mediums. And then and I love that your class, um, your art class did that, that they gave you the opportunity to try that. And you're already kind of ahead of the game with, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other, being uh, collaborative in that mindset. And, you know, only good things I feel like can come from that. I do want to ask you about those critiques, though, in that class. So um, there's I understand there's certain ways to critique and there's certain ways not to because then it just becomes an opinion. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. did they actually teach you how to critique art at all? Or was what was given to you just uh, like, okay, you just need to do this different kind of thing? So we didn't really learn a specific way to critique, but we would all hang our art up in a hallway. Mm-hmm. And then the whole class would meet up outside in the hall. And we would go through each piece and people could comment on things that they think would be a cool idea to add or different ways to kind of make the piece look clearer or crisper or kind of if somebody had an undeveloped idea that they had put down on paper, we could further develop the idea together as a class. Mm, mm -hmm. And so it wasn't really anything like negative. Nobody stated like an opinion like, oh, I think that's pretty or oh, I don't really like that piece. It was all technical comments, really, about technique and style and just 
other ideas that you could use to further develop a certain piece. Whether that came from themselves or from the teaching of the teacher, that's a mature way to look at art. And I love that because it does have to come down, you know, to be constructive and objective. And, you know, you've got to look at it for composition, um, whether it's color or placement or subject matter. You've got to look at it for um, even technique of, you know, is that person achieving what they're trying to say in their painting? Are they executing that the right way? Or if they're trying to make it look like something and not abstract, are they rendering that image properly? And so those are all things we need to think about, as well as point out the good. We have to, I think point out the good in the piece what do you like about it as well you know and on overall basis but you said said something um that's really interesting for i think your age and i want to just touch on that a second because it's something that i try to teach um kids or even even adults or young or people who are starting just out in art and they're they're learning hey i like art and i'm developing this gift but they may say, I'm not creative, I'm not very creative, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. And it's an, ama- it's an immediate negative response to being artistic. And this is what I tell them. You mentioned an undeveloped idea. And I think that that is a, a really awesome way to say it, because there's a lot of work um, that is undeveloped. Um, whether that's just from the person themselves of they don't know quite how to express themselves or they don't know the technique properly to do so. And I think that it's so much better than looking at something negatively and saying, well, I just can't instead to look at it like, hey, this is just undeveloped. It's on its way to what it should be. And um, a lot of people call it ugly art. And I like to call it process art. (laughs) It's just a process, right? We have to go through the process of each step to create what we're creating. It all has to start somewhere. And so I try to teach people that undeveloped idea is just elementary. And it may look like it until you practice and you push it to where it needs to be. So I, I appreciate you saying that because I think it's really important because we do have to go through process, Sarah. Don't you think so? Yeah, I think it's one of the most important things, especially when you're looking to do a final piece. Um, my teacher always taught us that it was a good thing to make a couple sketches of the image you're trying to create, maybe do a few different angles or a few different um, ideas even and see what the final product could look like eventually. That's good. Yeah, I do that a lot. I will sketch out different ideas first. Like, do I like it if it's this composition or that composition? And before I even go to the canvas, and then I even journal about it. I'll document my thoughts, like what I think would look best or what colors and things like that. And so it's all part of the process for us as artists to work those things out in our mind and put them to paper or something like that. And so I think that's really important. Process is a reflection, too, of us personally, you know, as artists, Mm -hmm. because we're expressing what we see um, 
in our mind, so to speak, <laughs> and we're expressing um, what we feel as well. And also sometimes trying to bring a different perspective for other people, you know, to yeah. see what we see, hopefully for the better of mankind. So tell me a little bit about what you're going into and going to be studying at school. So um, Georgia College State University is one of the only colleges in the United States that has an art therapy program. Mm. And so I was looking into their art therapy program, but it's only a minor. So I decided to go in with an art major because art is my life. So um, I have the art major, but under that I'm doing the art therapy minor, which is what I eventually want to try to go into. Well, you've touched a very tender spot in my heart because art is therapy for me. Yes. <laughs> and it has been for years. And not getting on a deeper, really serious level with you because I want I don't want to lose our listeners. <laughs> um, I'm grieving my mom's loss right now. And next uh, a, a month from tomorrow, it'll be one year. And it just seems extremely unrealistic that I've lost my mom. And this is the very first time I've had to really deal with grief on this level. And art has really saved my life, you know, uh, this year to just kind of stay, a, a, you know, above water, float, floating, yeah. <laughs> you know, keeping me above water with, um, keeping my mind on good things and keeping me active and keeping me, yeah, active to do projects and painting my feelings and just even connecting with her in spirit in um, the way of the things that she loved. And so art um, as well, I've seen it help people uh, therapeutically um, just have peace of mind just, uh, I've, I've heard even it can even lower blood pressure, you know, when mm -hmm. they're, when they're doing it and that it improves mobility and there's a difference. I've been thinking about this. There's a difference between like just monotonous work. Like, um, people say, well, I, you know, I'm mowing the lawn and that's therapeutic because it's just monotonous. I'm going back and forth or I'm washing the dishes and that's therapeutic. And it's just a constant, like a constant repetitive motion. And there is um, definite therapeutic qualities to those things of repetition. But I have found that something else happens on a different level when you not only engage those repetition actions, like say strumming a guitar or painting or knitting and weaving or something like that, or dancing or a potter's wheel. There's, there's something else that happens when you're actually engaging the right side of your brain and creating, thinking about what you're doing. Because there's a lot of monotonous, repetitive things we could do, but not even have to really use our mind. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. there is, yeah. um, there is a, there's just, I don't know. I just think it is a gem to use art in whatever form as therapy. And that I, I think that's an amazing thing that you're going in there for. So I'm really proud of you. And it's much needed in the world today because we need alternatives of how to cope with society and our problems and our circumstances. And we need alternatives um, from drugs and alcohol and all the other things that are addictive out there to treat our 
our situations. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Awesome. So you um, are a musician as well, right? Yes. Okay. So yes. tell us what you do. Um, I play piano and I started playing piano from a very young age. I didn't always take lessons, but I was exposed to music um, pretty much since I was in preschool, really. Um, a lady used to live in our basement and she would teach me I'm sorry, that just sounds really funny. I know it's not funny. You <laughs> that just made uh, maybe that just sounded funny to me, but you a lady used to live in our basement. <laughs> yeah, we used to have an apartment style basement where we okay. used to live and she she was renting it down there. <laughs> oh, that's great. I could just I'm just having these visions in my mind. <laughs> guys having this little lady living in your basement you know and she just waves down the steps like it's time for piano <laughs> that's great yeah anyways but in eighth grade I eventually got back to taking piano lessons and it was just one of the most wonderful things I'd ever done anything I had ever decided to do like Whenever I would play piano, it was just so, it was freeing, I guess. I mean, like, you can use art as a way of therapy, but, like, piano was a little more than just a therapeutic way to express things for me, just because I could create whatever I wanted when I sat down, and I didn't really have to think about it. That's awesome. I feel like uh, I know that, that you composed something recently and that you did a recital or no? Yes, I did. Um, for Because I was senior, this, or I was a senior. Um, that was my last year doing piano lessons from my piano teacher that I was with. And so for our last recital, which was our spring recital, I decided that I was going to compose an original piece to play there something to kind of close out a chapter in my life to kind of move on to the next one. Wow. That's really amazing. I mean, that actually gives me chill bumps because I just think that's so mature, you know, and what a way to look at um, life. And so um, congratulations on doing that, that there's not many people composing at your age. And if there are, they're not known yet, you know, so I think you have such an amazing future ahead of you, Sarah. So you. <laughs> what, um, so you've already kind of established that you wanted to go into art therapy. That's kind of like your goal through school and you're going to major through that. Are you going to do anything else with your music? You think? Um, whilst I was in piano, my, I had told my piano teacher about my plans to go into art therapy and she thought it was such a cool idea, but then she suggested to me that along with art therapy, I could probably try and go into music therapy as well, which I had been thinking about. I would highly suggest that. Um, my mom, actually, she was a pianist and she played since she was four. And uh, she raised, uh, she got, she had her own jazz band, you know, in her early twenties, just a trio. And then when she met my dad, um, of course, they got married and had a family, and she kind of gave up her musical life to raise her family. And so after I left in 1990, uh, the house in 1990, she decided to um, 
get a band back together. And she began just her and my dad first started going out and she accompanied people on some albums. And she even got on an album that was nominated to go to the Grammys. And so in her sixties, she went back to her career that she, her first love music, and she began to go and play all over. And one of the places she would play was in nursing homes and her, and my dad would go and they would put on just little shows and sometimes it was holidays. And so they would do the sing-alongs, but she said it was just amazing to see people who are sitting there lifeless come alive from music. Um, even if they couldn't move or talk, you could just see them tapping their finger or a smile would come on their face. And, you know, I just, I just love that, you know, and my mom had a gift in a way with not just music, but with people. And she just carried sunshine, like everywhere she went. And I think music therapy, along with art therapy, I mean, that, that would just be like a, you know, grand slam kind of thing for you, but it would be doing an amazing thing. It would be carrying something that many, many people need. So yeah, I hope you do that. I really do. Yeah. Do they offer that there? Like, can you do that there as well? Georgia College State University is a liberal is Georgia's liberal arts school. Okay. So, they they have like all sorts of um, arts classes, writing classes, performing arts classes, music classes. They have all sorts of different types of psychology classes and art classes. So there's a lot I could do there. Awesome. And. Did you happen to get scholarship? Um, I got the Georgia Hope Scholarship. Awesome. So wonderful. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Well, I'm going to ask you some fun questions. All just right. Because, just because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to tell us a little bit more about you, you know. And so I'm just going to ask you what I call this or that questions. I'm going to give you two choices and you can tell me either or is your more of your preference or you can say both. And if you want to expand on one or the other, uh, feel free to. All right. So would you say pizza, pizza or sushi? Probably a rainbow roll for sushi. Oh, oh, she's she is specific, <laughs> folks. A rainbow roll. <laughs> Okay, tell us, what is a rainbow roll? Because I'm not sure if I've eaten one of those. It's kind of like avocado and cucumber on the inside, but then on the outside, on top of the roll, it has different assorted, like, fish and avocado on top. So, oh. and, yeah. And it's also got, like, spicy mayo drizzled on it. So it's avocado, say again, avocado what? Avocado, crab, um, crab. fish, and a spicy mayo. Yep. I like a salmon and avocado. That's one of my favorites. Or tuna sesame. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like a tuna sesame with my wasabi on there. Yeah. You're making me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to go out for sushi. <laughs> okay. So do you prefer books or movies? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say both, but probably not movies that are based on books. Yes. Because if I've read the book before, I'm going to point out everything that's wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can. I understand that. 
And if you, so if you're going to watch a movie, would you prefer theater or like home Netflix or something? Um, the theater is really nice occasions and stuff. Love the atmosphere there, but I also do love using Netflix at home and just curling up on the couch with my family or with my cat to watch a movie. Yes. And, um, you guys have a really nice theater. I've been to it down there. One of the ones, um, it's just amazing. It's huge and it has amazing seats. So going to the theater down there is an experience. I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. Nice though. Okay. So you're, you answered one of my questions. I think I was going to say dogs or cats. Cats. Yes. (laughs) So my last guest, he was a dog person and um, I had to apologize to all the cat people because we were, we were just saying how we've had bad experiences with cats. But I know that there are definitely cat people out there and there are beautiful cats. So, okay. So what, what kind of cat do you like? Um, you have a favorite? I, I just love cats in general, honestly. Like it could be any kind of cat and I would probably still go like pick it up and try to pet it no matter what kind of cat it was. You are a brave girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So do you prefer um, Marvel or DC Comics? Ooh, okay. So I like the comics from DC, but I am more into the movie universe of Marvel. Yeah, well, and you being uh, an animated, you know, person with your drawing, uh, illustrating and stuff, I'm sure DC is definitely, you know, appealing to you as well. So, yeah. Maybe, who knows, maybe you'll be able to illustrate and collaborate with that you know anytime soon you know like a comic book or something because they're definitely still well and alive out there I see yeah I think now they have even like digital web comics too that can incorporate digital art as well of course of course they <laughs> they're moving with the times I guess right yeah I don't know, me I I love e- okay so let's ask this though we talked about books or movies so um, handheld real book or ebook um i have my own collection of actual real books that i just love to hold like i i love the smell of a new book when you like first open it new a new world that you get to step into i just i love being able to hold it in my hands but I do know that there is another platform of reading online and sometimes books are only online and they don't yes. have a handheld option. So yes. I kind of use both, but I do prefer to hold it in my hands. Matter of fact, I just bought one this morning. It was only available as an ebook. And so yeah. I was like, okay, well, I guess that's the way I'm getting it then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is fine because a lot of what I'm going to use it for a lot of times I will really just be sitting and I'll be doing that with my phone at times or my tablet it's hard to read on the phone but I still do it but you know like the handheld books um you talked about a new book it's funny because I love old books I yeah I love the history of them and just how I don't know the pages tend to fade and change in color and they even have a, a smell but I I love I keep saying I'm going to like sort out my library, but I have yeah. boxes in the, the garage of all my books. And now I've got more shelves filling up. I'm always buying books. It's just no use. 
<laughs> I just love books. And so I'm going to have a library one day, I'm sure. It would be kind of neat, you know, because yeah. you have a reading space or a reading area just where you can sit quietly and you could just go in there and pick something you want. Yeah. But, all right. So just a couple more and, and then we'll finish up here. But um, so if you had to choose between driving or flying somewhere, which would you prefer? I personally, I'm not a fan of driving if I'm the one driving. If somebody else is driving, it's fine. <laughs> That's so funny because I love to drive, especially if I'm by myself. It's a time of meditative, you know, time of meditation for me kind of sometimes if I'm driving. And so I love to fly too if I want to get there quick, if I want to, mm-hmm. you know, or if I have to go somewhere that's far away and I can get there quicker by flying, I would rather fly. But I do love to drive because I love to find little places that um, sometimes I wouldn't find off the beaten path if you're flying somewhere. But um, sitting and riding, I'm just like, oh, I'd rather be driving. (laughs) You might change about that in the future. Who knows? But some people are just like, yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have a chauffeur is what you'll have one day. Just Just take me there. (laughs) maybe I'll just live in a city and I'll walk everywhere actually I'll tell you what that's called that's called your child when they get old enough to drive you around (laughs) that's my son I'll be like hey buddy can you take me to (laughs) so-and-so if I'm a little too tired I don't feel like driving he'll be like sure mom so (laughs) my son is my chauffeur (laughs) oh goodness Okay, one more. So beach or mountains, Sarah, or is there a different, or city even? I'd say city. I mean, I like the beach, but I don't like being on the beach, if that makes sense. (laughs) That's pretty much why you go. (laughs) Like, I get sunburnt very easily, and so I have a lot of bad experiences at the beach. Yeah, being fair-skinned. All right, well... um... I want to just ask you if you have anything to share um, as we close, whether it just be uh, an inspiration or an encouraging word to other young creatives or any creatives listening out there to um, maybe like the, how they're choosing their path or, you know, or just anything. Is there something you'd like to say today? Um, One thing that I do remember from my creating time so far is something that my piano teacher said to me, and it's stuck with me for a really long time. She said that, especially like this was for playing piano, but I feel like it can also be applied to art as well, that while you're practicing something or while you're sketching something, no sound or line is a mistake. It's signifying something that's inside you, and it's something that you're trying to express. It's kind of going back to talking about the process. Yeah. Working the process. Well, I think that's a great quote. While practicing something, no sound or line is a mistake. Yeah. That's really, that's really great. Do you remember her name? Um, Her name is Miss Melissa Slocum. So by Melissa Slocum, while practicing something, no sound or line is a mistake. Well, that's a really good point. And I'll, I will even take that to heart to remember, you know, if you know who Bob Ross is, which I think you do. Yes, I do. He would say, you know, it's never a mistake. It's just a happy accident. 
Well, Sarah, um, I think you are just a fine young lady and I've enjoyed watching your um, journey here more recently and just seeing you blossom into who you were created to be. And if uh, you could tell the listeners where they could follow you for your artwork, if you want to give them your Instagram social media platform. Uh, My art Instagram is shaky underscore spears underscore. And that's on Instagram. Kind of like Shakespeare, uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually what I was thinking of when I first made the name. I love it. Shaky Spears. Shaky <laughs> underscore Spears. I think it fits you well. <laughs> Thanks. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I think your voice uh, is amazing, both creatively, and I hear your heart through it, and what you're going to do with your life is amazing. And I wish you all the best at Georgia College, State University, and I just look forward to seeing uh, your path unfold. And I feel like you're going to be a wonderful a wonderful voice and artist um, for the world. So thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Sarah. Thank you. Okay, hon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, listen, guys, you can subscribe and follow me on several different platforms. I'm on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Breaker, Radio Public, Stitcher, you find it, I'm on there. But Anchor FM has made it now possible for you to partner and support this podcast. If you believe in what I'm doing here for the creatives and the art world, so to speak, uh, you can think about joining me. I would love for you to be able to support me with as little as 99 cents a month up to $9.99 a month. Now, a portion of the proceeds will go to a charitable cause that I choose each month. If this is something that you'd like to be a part of and continue to help me bring greater creative content and even support me technically on this end, then I ask that you would consider supporting me through this podcast. Just go to the browser, find my podcast, and click support this podcast. It is much appreciated. Thank you so much again for listening. We'll see you next time. Stay creative.